All right, Lashley and Rollins meet two weeks before the Rumble. Walter gets a new name and Sting diving through tables at 62. All that and more on this week's edition of the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. Saturday night is the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. Ben, how is it going? Uh, <laughs> oh, in the uh, hell! I, 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 I guess, I guess it's, it's, wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. I want to know before we start this rant. How in the hell did we cross the finish line in this week in wrestling? Because holy <laughs> shit! I feel like I got my legs cut off. <laughs> oh jeez. You know, I you know, granted I'm in a wheelchair, so that's not as big of a deal as with other people, but oh my lord. This week in wrestling, by and large, with with a very large exception, which we'll get into um a little bit later on. But by and large, this week in wrestling sucked so bad. I cannot wait to, you know, if, if our viewers like, you know, ranty episodes of, of Monday Night Raw-wise, Raw this is going to be your show, because holy shit. <laughs> All right, no, actually, I, I saw a couple, I saw a couple of movies this week. I watched uh, Mean Streets. I don't know if you've heard of it. No, I haven't. <laughs> It's a 1973 uh, with uh, Robert De Niro. Uh, oh, that, well, that should be good. Robert, Robert De Niro never uh, disappoints in his movies. No, I, uh, I, and then I read the reviews and people said they didn't like it. The, the, there was no storyline, but I'm like, I, you know what? If it's got Robert De Niro, it's got to be good. Well, yeah, and, and he's done... Um, two movies that are on my, um, actually three movies that are on my top ten list. Oh, okay. That I really, really like. Um, the, the first one, of course, uh, being Goodfellas. Yep. Uh, the second one being Casino. Now, I like Goodfellas because that's, on that's based on a true story. Absolutely. And I think Casino is too, as a matter of fact. Oh, uh, and then the third one is a Bronx Tale. Ah, oh, I have that on my PBR. So gonna get to watch that. I've seen that one before. Okay, here's what Main Streets is. It's a nineteen seventy three crime drama thriller. A small time hood tries to keep the peace between his friend Johnny and Johnny's creditors. Oh God. <laughs> yes, we've heard of Send Hook. The send De Niro. Right. Uh, okay, and the second one, uh, uh, because I because I like Audrey Hepburn, whatever. I mean, uh, who hasn't seen Breakfast at Tiffany's? So there was this I one. Haven't. This one called Okay. Well, I don't know what what you're doing. That no, actually, it's not for everyone. I just I it was okay for me. But um, so there was she did one in '57 called Love in the Afternoon with Gary Cooper. 
also starring in that movie, and the third one I saw just yesterday. What's that? The new Scream movie. Oh, how, my brother actually wants to see that. How was that? Uh, it was just okay. Like, it was good, it was just great. I will say this, so, of all the Scream movies, it was the bloodiest. Well, that doesn't surprise me. No, I mean, like, you know, okay, you know how, like, there's Scream movies, we see the kills and all that, but, like, yeah. you, you don't see, like, here you see, like, a lot of blood, like you actually see it. Yeah, well, then that would that wouldn't be for me because I don't like gore for the sake of gore. Like, yeah, and that's what this is. It's like it's like really graphic, like that. Because uh, when I was watching, I'm like, oh, I had to turn away a few times. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that probably wouldn't be for me then. <laughs> so, all right, uh, we we get into this get this weekend wrestling out of the way because after that and uh, actually I, f I have a little article I found online this week uh, pertaining to NXT so well I'm gonna read that while when we get to our NXT report and I have a top 10 themes list for you oh god you know <laughs> ladies, and ladies and gentlemen okay let me just break this down for you it's Saturday so we might as well just tear the lid off this son of a bitch real quick um, not only, not only because by now viewers understand that you like to scare me, but he also <laughs> likes to make me angry. You enjoy making me angry. And every, every single time you do one of these, uh, top 10 lists, I am bound to get pissed off. So I, I'm, I made a mistake in the, in the opening of this show. I said, if you... Uh, like Randy versions of Monday Night Raw reviews, you're going to like this. What I should have said is if you like Randy entire editions of the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast, you are going to like this. So both statements are true in this case. And Elio, I can see because he has a shitty grin behind his hand, is oh, going to, to enjoy this episode. So sit back, make sure you have plenty of ref refreshments available because this is going to be a good one, folks. Okay, well, we see we into Monday Night Raw. Well, bef before we get into Monday Night oh, Raw, yes. remember you got to get main, into main event. Main event. Well, that's why I said let's get into Monday Night Raw because main event is part of Raw as they tape their show right before Raw goes on it. Absolutely. So go ahead. What do you got? So Monday Night Raw is so atrocious. Not that this is breaking news to anybody, but holy Lord in heaven. Uh, you know, the fact that, that, that Elio and I make it through three hours of Monday Night Raw for the sake of reviewing it for you people... We should, we should be in consideration, along with any other podcast that reviews Monday Night Raw, should be in consideration for sainthood. Because this show is absolutely terrible. You know, to, 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 to tell you the truth, in terms of matches, I don't know if I can give you a high point outside of... Hold on, I thought we were going with the main event first. 
Oh, well, yeah, but you, you crossed me up, so we might as well just do Monday Night Raw first. All right. And then we'll tie back into the main event. All right. Um, beca- because, you know, I got to tell you, these cards, ladies and gentlemen, are so repetitive, I can't even begin to tell you how annoyed I get with these shows. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm sitting there, and I have the most stupefied look on my face. It feels like I got cursed by Harry Potter. Because, you know, between between Rhea Ripley and Nikki Ash and the 24-7 nonsense and the segment with, with um, you know, Edge and Beth Phoenix going after Marie and the Miz, or uh, Maurice and the Miz, I can't take this shit. I really can't. Oh, and let's not forget... Uh, Alexa Bliss therapy sessions. Oh, oh yeah. What I mean, the so in order to do this very quickly, I only have one highlight for for you uh, of this entire show. Okay. And and that is the main event between uh, Seth Rollins and Bobby Lashley. Okay. Which. Which I feel like we've seen that so many times by now, but in terms of match quality, um, ladies and gentlemen, it, it was far and above the best thing on the show. And then I kind of mentioned the low points already because I was just so annoyed. But let's get into some further detail as to oh, why. I, I think getting in my uh, low points or high points. Okay, I'm I'm sorry. I'm 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 so raring to go with these rants. I forgot that I had a co-host. My apologies. <laughs> no, uh, my high points is uh, Lashley versus Seth. Also, uh, the Mysterios and the Street Profits versus the Dirty Dogs and the Apollo Crews and Kevin Owens and Damian Priest. And my low points is a uh, tag team match, Becky Lynch and Dewdrop and Bianca Belair and Liv Morgan, and Omos and Reggie. Uh, why? Why is Omos and Reggie a thing? I don't understand it. Sorry, that's my low point. I Yeah, I said low points, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. I, and I agree with you. I'm just curious as to why... <laughs> This thing is in existence right now. It, it it's just it's not funny. It's not cute. Nope. You know I just don't understand it. Now, now Kevin Owens and Damian Priest. Yes, that um, I completely understand why that was considered a high point. It just to me these episodes are run together because, like I said. Um, I feel like they're so repetitive. Um, and then, you know, here's here's another thing that I just thought of. So, Big E was not on this show. Nope. Uh, um, but yet he's a Raw superstar. Yep. Who was not featured on the show, but yet he was featured on on SmackDown because of the tie-in <laughs> with um, 
with Kofi Kingston and, and his uh, New Day connections. Yep. Um, and um, this is another thing I can go on a rant on a little bit later, but but this brand split shit is really getting on my nerves. I really, I really don't. Um, I really just don't understand why the brand split is still a thing. If you're going to have Raw stars on the SmackDown side of things, and the only explanation that we have been given as to that is because it's Royal Rumble season. Well, guess what? It's also the season where I want to take a nap every time I'm forced to watch Monday Night Raw for the betterment of this podcast. Well, well and uh, didn't they say apparently like they're like superstars allowed to appear on on the opposite show at least four times in the year or something? Well, well, that was that was something that was introduced several years ago. But if if um. I guess but, he. I guess he dropped it and he forgot about it. But if uh, if WWE is still doing that, that they certainly don't keep track of this shit. I guarantee you. You know, WWE has no idea what was on the show last week. Okay, <laughs> they, they, and you're gonna try to tell me that they're gonna try to keep track of a rule that they invented several years ago? You know, come on now. You know, I, I know Chris Jericho is trying to institute a go-fuck-yourself gimmick, but, you know. Oh, w- he, yeah, he trademarked uh, GFY. Which, um, which nowadays fits much better with John Moxley after his return promo on, uh, on Dynamite. We'll get into that. Yep. But, you, you see, this is how little Raw matters, because already we're talking about other shows... Well, we're still officially on the Monday Night Raw review. You know, I, I can't, I cannot for the life of me take this show seriously. Now, Elio, just be prepared. Put, put your collar on because I'm about to confess something to you. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> you know, if, if I told you that I paid... 100% attention to Monday Night Raw on any week, I would be blatantly lying to a priest, and I can't do that. Even even, even though I'm not a religious man, I cannot blatantly lie to a priest. It's just not a good thing to do. But, but for this week in particular, if I told you I was giving Raw 50% of my overall attention, I'd be lying to you. Because, I, I mean, I was sitting here... You know, watching something else online while Monday Night Raw was going on. I, I was literally sitting here watching a S.H.I.E.L.D. episode on Hulu uh, during Monday Night Raw. <laughs> wow. Um, because I, I, I find Vic Mackey much more entertaining than, than Monday Night Raw. You know, I just... The, the thing that bothers me, in all seriousness, outside of the fact that I'm kind of enjoying going on a rant against Monday Night Raw because it's so fucking easy to do, is, you know, this is, we're getting into Royal Rumble season, and, and, and by virtue of that, it, it's kind of WrestleMania season now. 
right? Mm -hmm. So, so okay. By that logic, this is supposed to be WWE's biggest time of the year. They're supposed to be bringing out their big guns to uh, to make it seem extra important, right? Mm-hmm. Well, we're not getting that because apparently uh, WWE is taking a very a very extended holiday from a creative uh, writing or a creative thought process on this show because if anything important happened on Monday Night Raw, you're going to have to tell me what it was because I don't know what it is. You know, the, the, the women's division is the worst I've ever seen uh, since... Since the term diva was dropped, um, you know, how many times, how many times are we going to see Finn Balor versus Austin Theory? Really? And and I bring that up specifically. I'm I'm surprised that I didn't give it a, a low point. And I only did that out of respect for Finn Balor because Finn Balor will never be a low point in my book. But I have a legitimate question to ask you. If if this is the best that they have for Finn Bauer, I'm wondering why Finn Bauer is still employed. And and here comes the question. Did you see the report on Finn Bauer that was was, um, released online this week? Are you talking about... uh... How Vince McMahon has uh, uh, pretty much given up on Finn Balor? Y- yes. Yeah. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Yep. How stupid is Vince McMahon? If that is how you feel about Finn Balor of all people, you have to be the dumbest fuck I have ever encountered in the history of dumb fucker. I, I I don't know what to say, and I feel like that is the statement that should end the Monday Night Raw review because it is the epitome of dumb fuckery. Yep. L- ladies and gentlemen, if you did not watch Monday Night Raw and you wait for this podcast to review it for you, I don't blame you in the least because no self-respecting wrestling fan should be watching Monday Night Raw at all. And the only reason we do that is because we have to be responsible podcasters. And and I, I, I will tell you this. Raw provides so much fodder for us on the podcasting front. We couldn't possibly not watch Monday Night Raw because... It allows us to entertain you with our disgust on a weekly basis. All right, and uh, that's it for my Aunt Rob. But um, before we close out, you you had a minute. Yeah. Yes. Well, I don't have a full-fledged review for no. you on. on no, because uh, I only have two matches on that show. But. 
Eliel, why don't you enlighten the, the fans just like you enlightened me before we came on the air? Can you tell us the, the caliber of talent that they put on main event this week? Okay, so on main event, we had Tommaso Ciampa defeating Akira Tozawa. I could, you know what? I could, I could pass out just with the force of that statement. And match number two had Pete Dunne defeating T-Bar. Okay, why in the hell <laughs> are talent the caliber of Pete Dunne and Tommaso Ciampa, why are they on main event? And why, I will even further that, uh, that query with this. Why do you have... L.A. Knight and Roderick Strong in a dark match on SmackDown or before SmackDown this week because isn't the purpose of dark matches so that upper management can get a look at them before they debut on a main roster? Uh, the, an the answer would be yes. That was kind of rhetorical, but the answer is technically yes. Um, well, dark matches have been rendered useless now because, drumroll please, the main roster motherfuckers are the ones in charge of NXT now. Oh, my. So, wouldn't we have plenty of examples of the work of a Roger Strong or a Tommaso Ciampa on, you know, NXT on a weekly basis. The stupidity of Vince McMahon and Bruce Prichard never ceases to amaze me, ever. <laughs> and and speaking, of, speaking of online reports as if the one regarding Finn Bauer and Vince McMahon isn't enough to knock your socks off, Here's another one, which it shouldn't have made me smile, but it did. Okay. Because because I love being right. All right. I, just, I adore being right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> because for so many weeks, I have confided in my pastor co-host uh -oh. that I don't watch... NXT because it sucks and it's terrible and outside of Braun Breaker and a few other talents I really have no use for uh, watching the current version of NXT. <laughs> okay. I, am I am delighted to report to you people that WWE is disappointed with how the audience is not engaging with the current version of NXT. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, can, can you see the massive smile on my face right now? Well, I know our fans can, but I certainly can. My co-host is elated with this news. <laughs> no shit. They're not engaging with the current version of NXT. Really? I could have told you that. As a matter of fact, I have told you that time and time again on this very podcast on a weekly basis. This show sucks. 
And we okay. are getting and we are gonna get into that right now. So Well well I should I should say you are going to take I am the going to I am going to show. do this. Yes. But, but oh, yeah. I ha I have plenty of antidotes to sprinkle in there, like sprinkles on an ice cream cone, so don't you worry, you will not have time to miss me. Alright. Elio, <laughs> uh, take it away. Alright, for, for my high points, I have the Creed Brothers uh, versus Brooks Jensen and Josh Briggs. Ugh. That was a high point? Ugh. And uh, Walter versus Roderick Strong. Yes, we shall not call him Gunther for no. fuck's sake. Uh, well, uh, aside from all the other uh, matches on there, it's not really... It's not really much other, much more than the, the Creed Brothers that I can say for high points. <laughs> well, I don't blame you for that. Now, now, let me let me kind of explain in a multi-layered fashion. And hold on, and then and then after after uh, we're done NXT, I'll read that little post I found this week. Beautiful, beautiful. The fact that you have done your own research and. And we don't have to do on-the-fly research delights me because I have enough rants to go through for this show already. Now, number, number one, ladies and gentlemen, the big news item that, that, that broke this week was, in fact, the name change from Walter to Gunther. Now... Now, aside from the obvious issue with that, which, have no fear, we're going to get into that as well, um, why in the fuck does Walter, of all people, need a game cha uh, a name change? You don't need to change an, a thing about Walter because he is the single most legit badass not named Brock Lesnar on your show that you've had in the span of 30 fucking years. Okay? Now, now if it seems like I'm sprinkling more fucks on this, on this podcast... There's a reason for that because my rage has never been so high. <laughs> you could be a match for the Incredible Hulk. What the hell? No. And you don't even uh, full of gamma radiation in your system. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not. And, and I, I don't even drink at all. I am completely straight edge, and this is the level of rage that I have in my system. Uh, for this, because Walter, I shall not call him Gunther ever. Why in the hell would you change the the name of Walter ever? And and I know the answer, people, and I will give you the answer, but it still doesn't excuse WWE for committing this heinous crime against humanity that is changing the name of Walter to Gunther. Now, the reason why they changed the name, and this is a credit to Walter, this makes me a bigger fan of Walter than I already was, which I didn't think was possible, is because Walter did not allow WWE to own the trademark 
You know, oh, and you know yeah. why? You know why? Because WWE sucks. No, but no, but no, but also that's his name. You can't own someone's name. Exactly, and and uh, and I I was gonna bring that up in my next uh, next um, point bulletin uh, notion in this in this argument. Um, I can't even speak. I'm I'm so enraged. Um, because you know we've made that point before. You can't own somebody's name when it's their actual name. Like Walter like, hold on, like, is, I, like I, I thought uh, a while back. I heard they wanted to trademark Bobby Lashley. Yeah, you uh, can't you do can, that. It's his actual oh. government name. You oh. stupid <laughs> But as if, as if that's not bad enough, and and, and by um, by all means, I do a, applaud Walter for not allowing for not allowing WWE to own uh, his, his name for any reason. You know what? I want to go and trademark the name Vince. That's it. <laughs> uh, yeah, because we need to get Vince McMahon to fuck away from WWE as soon as fucking humanly possible. Vince, we're gonna have to give you. A, we're gonna have to change your name now. So, so they have they have since uh, corrected this mistake since they since they made it, but I still have to laugh at them and 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 bring this up for for my for my own personal enjoyment. Not not only did they try to change, well, they did. Not only did they change Walter's name to Gunther, they trademarked the name Gunther Stark. Again, you're trademarking someone's actual name, but still, that's not even the point here. Go on. But no, 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 that's not even the point. So they trademarked... Gunther Stark. Now you ask, you ask me, why is that a problem? Well, the problem with that, my esteemed audience, is because that is the name of a Nazi. Which is why WWE abandoned the trademark once the news broke and everybody was making fun of them for trademarking the name of a Nazi. Now, now here's, here's my question, and I'm gonna try to ask you this without bursting out laughing. All right. We all know by now that WWE is a publicly traded company yep. on the New York Stock Exchange, and even if they weren't, they have enough name recognition that they should have done their research well ahead of getting their name trademarked. They trademarked the name Gunther Stark because they weren't smart enough to do a simple Google search that would have revealed to them quite easily the way it revealed to me Gunther Stark is the name of a of a Nazi U-boat commander. How stupid you know, must WWE be to get themselves in this situation again? You know, now, v- Vince, 
Google is a free search engine. I promise you, you don't have to spend a dime. It's a free search engine. No, no, we we have seen WWE do this before, where they have made boo boos, and and then they have to walk it back. Now, now, I thought that they were done embarrassing themselves with Google-related embarrassments when they named the group of Paige, Charlotte, and Becky the Submission Society, the Submission Society, or the Submission Sorority, whatever the hell. When 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 they found out that that is the name of a, of a pornographic series, and then they very quickly walked it back faster than Michael Jackson could moonwalk to a wall. <laughs> what? No. <laughs> no. The, the other the other problem with this, Elio, aside from uh, aside from the fact that you know Gunther Stark is the name of a Nazi, why in the hell and how in the hell does WWE continuously find themselves? in this situation because I'm going to bring up another point from way back in the day where where even even the fact of WWE being as politically correct as they are they should never have found themselves in this situation because allow me to use the DeLorean for a brief period of time I'm going to hijack it for my own purposes okay Let's walk it back to when they changed the name of Apollo Crews to simply Apollo because they didn't want any connection to the Florida high school shooter whose last name was Cruz. So they changed his name briefly to Apollo before changing it back to Apollo Crews. So if WWE is so vigilant that they don't want to be associated with any kind of controversy whatsoever, how could they be so stupid to allow themselves that this level of embarrassment with not only did they change Walter's name, which which Gunther is not my problem. Which Gunther is 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 stupid enough, but that is just that's just WWE being stupid to change their name of a megastar of Walter. But Gunther is not the problem. It is the fact that WWE does this to themselves. Why? You, you people should be smart, should be smarter than this. You know, and I, I, I find it concerning that grown men have to be publicly embarrassed before they walk this back. Now, now to their credit, I'm going to play devil, devil's advocate. Once this was found out, WWE walked themselves back very quickly, and and, and um, Stark is no longer part of the trademark. It's just Gunther. 
which is which, as I just said, was stupid in and of itself. But yep. but you know, I, I I really I really don't understand where WWE's head is at. They have one of the most unique talents they've ever had in Walter. To to the point where they wanted to um, to bring him to the U.S. Uh, years ago, but he didn't want to move, and and that's why he stayed on NXT UK for so long because he didn't want to move. Um, but even back then, you you realize what a unique talent Walter is to the point where you asked him to move several years ago. And yet, when you finally do get him to move to the U.S. for the purpose of putting him on U.S. NXT, you change his name to Gunther. Well, why are you changing anything about Walter at all? Because my fear, Elio, is that they are going to turn Walter into the next Vladimir Koslov. Oh. Oh, oh. Honest, honest to Christ, because oh, that would be bad. Now, now, don't, now, don't, please, do not, do not misconstrue what I am saying. I am not comparing Walter as a talent to Vladimir Kosov. That is not what I'm doing. Uh-huh. Walter, Walter is so far and above Vladimir Kosov. It's not even funny. You know, uh, Walter should be in the same conversation as Brock Lesnar. That's how badass he is. Um, but, but with them changing Walter to Gunther, I'm afraid of the fact that he's going to turn into Vladimir Kosov having tea with Santino Morella. I'm looking up uh, stuff on uh, Walter now, like the other ring names that he's had. I and what are, and what are you finding? Because I, my my voice box needs a break already for other, all the rants. Other names like this is before WWE. He was known as Big Daddy Walter. Uh, he was known as Big Van Walter. Uh, God Chopping and. Uh, but he also wrestled under his, his own name, Walter Hahn. Well, you know, I mean, what's what's wrong with calling him Walter? Why did you have to change it? Right. Like, in prior to uh, WWE, he was part of uh, West Side Extreme, Progress, Evolve, and Pro Wrestling Gabriela. I just, you know, so, yeah, I'm like, uh, we, we go on rants, but, you know, I am, I am legitimately frustrated by this. Like, what is, what is the purpose? What is NXT 2.0 supposed to accomplish that the original version of NXT wasn't already accomplishing for you? Like, I, I, I don't understand, and that, you know, part of part of the reason why I go on rants, ladies and gentlemen, is is to entertain you. Yes, this is a podcast. We are trying to entertain you, but 
sometimes and a lot of the a lot of times my rants are based on actual frustration with this company i have a thought about the women's rumble from go what I'm re- from what i'm reading here go ahead one of the surprise entrants in the women's rumble jenny who the hell is that oh that's right you you don't watch nxt uk right no um have you ever heard of a wrestler a wrestler named jenny they call no. her the, the fashionista. Okay. You know what? I'm actually going to send send you a, a picture for right now. So okay. this is the only on-the-fly research uh, we're ever going to do on this episode. And this is strictly for my co-host benefit so he knows who I'm talking about. So real quick, let's look up Ginny wrestler yes and ladies and gentlemen we are we are back on um on uh our regular zoom yeah Um, finally we are back on regular zoom i don't know what happened last week that was just weird that whole episode was strange and i i gotta tell you i i really hated editing that episode just for the fact that it was on skype what was it uh, more difficult? Uh, no, but like just like uh, watching it back, like uh, the words didn't match the mouth uh, when we were talking, and it was just really uh, weird to see on Skype. Well, well, luckily, luckily, in cases like that, we are a uh, we are a uh, audio podcast only. Yeah. Okay. okay. But yeah, so I sent you that picture. Well, let me take a look. All right. You ever get annoyed that you have to unlock your phone every time you want to use it? Right. Do, do you have a fingerprint on yours, or? No, it's just a passcode. Oh, okay. Cause mine, uh, it's a passcode, but I also have fingerprint recognition on the back. Oh. He's actually good looking. Okay, and that is uh, who Walter is dating. Lucky man. So that's why I said I have a feeling that's gonna be a surprise entry in the rumble. That's yeah, just well, a pre- that's just one of my predictions. Well, actually, I remember I saw a picture of um, of the two of them together, and um, yep. and they said that that's why he was open to moving to the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, so good, good for them. And see, I'm, I'm looking up hers now, and she's also, uh, she was uh, also f- from London, England. Um, but, yeah, it doesn't say where where she's currently, but she must be in the U.S. If, or England, if, and they probably travel back and forth. Yeah, well, that's got to be somewhat challenging. Yeah. So that's uh, my guess for a surprise entry into Women's Rumble. Just for the fact that uh, they're together. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and before we move on to the, to the next segment of the show, I also want to make something clear. 
just just so uh, nobody gets confused about why I do the why I do rants the way I do them. You know, at the end of the day, I I want the best for every single uh, performer uh, in in wrestling. I I really do because. You know, this is something that I absolutely love and have loved my entire life. And so when, when I see stupid shit like this, my my rage is legit because, like, what are you doing to people? You know, these people are trying to make a living, and yet you, you force them to endure stupid crap like this. Mm-hmm. And... and in, in in the business of wrestling in particular, um, we understand that the character isn't always a reflection of the person, but you're still making them go out and look idiotic when you when you pull shit like this. And a talent like Walter and the concept of idiotic don't belong in the same sentence. And th- and that's what you're doing to them, and yep. that and that's why the sometimes the sarcasm and the rage that you're hearing when I go through this shit, like, can you believe this bullshit? Like, that, that's that's legit, and that's not me putting on a show for you. Now, did you um? Okay, did you give your high points and low points? Um. Oh. Okay, well, now that the ranting is done, let, let me um, let me actually do the high points and low points for you. Okay. So the actual match between Walter and um, Roger Strong was very, very good. Yep. Uh, before we got to the bullshittery, which... <laughs> so I will give that a, a high point. And the, the low point for me was um, Kaylee Ray's match. And I'll tell you Ooh. why. Because okay, go on. I absolutely love uh, Kaylee Ray. I sure. do. Sure. I, I, I think I think she has what it takes to be one of the one of the next big stars in the women's division if she's used properly. Um but why in the world is she being uh, is she being used like this? Because she went one on one with Ivy Nile of the Diamond Mine faction. Okay, now what what are you thinking about of Ivy Nile, or do you still need to see more? I still need to see more of her. Okay. I'm not. I'm not going to. Uh, I, I'm not going to um, to render an opinion until I see more. Okay. Just just out of sheer fairness. Um, having said that, um, she, she beat Kaylee Ray in, in four minutes and 23 seconds. Ooh. And, and under no circumstances is that okay with me. And on top of that, she beat her with a roll-up. And you know how I feel about roll-ups. Yep, they're bad. Because, and, and further, further more than that, outside of just you know pet peeves, um, 
here's something that confused me okay. about about this match in particular. Okay. So before this match took place, we we get a recap of what happened last week when Kaylee Ray was destroying the photo shoot before Mandy Rose arrived. Which leads me to believe that Kaylee Ray is getting ready to getting ready to be put in the championship picture with Mandy Rose. Yeah, that's the plan. Which, by the which, by the way, sign me up for that immediately. Yep. Um, that's something I want to see. Um, but it begs the question: Why is she losing to Ivy Nile? Because, you know, in in, in my book, um, and and maybe you can provide some clarity because you've been watching. Uh, NXT much more consistently than I have. Okay. All right. But as far as I understand it, Ivy Nile has been a background player in the Diamond Mine. Mm -hmm. Certainly not enough WWE experience or um, wrestling uh, on TV wise. Oh, they just brought her in. To even be in the same league as Kaylee Ray, and she, and she, Kaylee Ray takes a loss to her. I'm I'm a little bit confused by that. Am am I missing something with Ivy Nile, or am I right to be like bamboozled by Kaylee Ray losing in, in this capacity? No, that that confused me as well, because uh, Ivy Nile they just brought her in. Okay. They introduced her like a couple of weeks back into Diamond Mine. Okay, and then and then and then this isn't this isn't one particular match or a segment as as a low point, but this was more of a theme. So they introduced, by my count, three new talents to the. NXT Universe. Okay. Being... Uh, being Dante Chen. Uh, yeah, uh, this was his debut. You know what? I Before this, I had never even heard of him. And I, I hadn't either. So they, they introduced uh, Dante Chen, yep. U, Ulyssa Leon, and... Um, oh, God. Um, what, was her, what was her name? Oh, God. God, um, Valentina Faraz, I believe, was her name. Uh, actually, uh, they've been on uh, NXT before. This isn't their first match. Right, so, okay, well, even, even with that in mind, they are, um, and then there was one other one, if I'm not mistaken. I'm, I'm hoping I can find it. Uh, you about Wendy Chu? <laughs> Well, no, but that that's that's gonna be another another. Fuck that is fuck that is terrible. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna get to that in a minute, but um. All right, so yeah, they say Dante Chen. Oh God, who who's the other one? I'm trying to to find it. Don't you hate it when you're trying to find something and you just can't? Like they introduced them this week on uh, NXT. Yeah, there were like it was Dante Chen. Garage. Um, that might have been it. 
Uh, uh, yeah. See, that's how forgettable it is. Like, he's not really anyone, like, uh, I don't see it. I just think he's there for enhancing talent. But, but my, my point being, um, is why are they introducing new talent only to have them job? That's what I don't, that's what I really don't understand. I, I truly don't. Um, you know, that, that's not how you're going to, um, oh, oh, and, Oh, okay, I found it. Wait, are you talking about the guy from Indusher or whatever his name is? Uh, I can't pronounce the name. Yeah, um, they, well, that's, a, that's another guy, but I actually found it. So, so this, and this was really confusing. They had a video package for Saray. Oh, Saray, uh... Actually, uh, like introducing her as a new talent, or like she's coming back. Uh, she's not new. She's not a new talent. She's been there. Like, but why is she getting a video package when you've been doing video packages on new talent all, all the time? And plus, you know, I'm just I'm very confused. It, it's not like I'm saying like introducing new talent is a negative. I don't I don't wanna I don't wanna put that spin on it. But by my count you're you're introducing new talent and then having them lose and then you're introducing talent we already know in video packages when it's not necessary. Um and then and then to Elio's point, I wasn't even I wasn't even gonna mention this, um, but they um, they introduced a new bodyguard for Grayson Waller, uh, who just got out of a feud with AJ Styles of all people, and yet they're giving him a bodyguard that yeah, that's the guy uh, from Indusher. Yes, and by the way, I'm not I'm not saying they uh, I'm not saying they're similar in this fashion, but you know who. You know who the guy from Industry reminds me of, just sheer size-wise? Who's this? Omos. Ooh, okay. So, are, You're are talking about Grayson Waller's bodyguard, right? Yes. Okay. So, my question with that is, are they trying to give him a similar gimmick to AJ Styles? Mm-hmm. Like, like, I'm confused. Yeah, I, I so, don't... I guess my overall point for this whole review and what I'm pointing out is what in the world is the direction of NXT? Because I'm not getting it. <laughs> I don't know where they go with the disgrace of all or after... I'm, I'm really, I know, I'm really I think not. Go, I think they're going to Grace Waller or LA Knight after this, I guess. What, isn't, isn't L.A. Knight supposed to come out to SmackDown or some shit? Yeah, but there, there, there's other people that have been on SmackDown or Raw that have uh, gone back and forth. Uh, well, okay, okay, well, fair enough, but I'm just, I'm very confused. <laughs> can, can you see, like, and, uh, and I'm not trying to be funny or off the wall here, folks. I'm legitimately very... Um, just thrown off by what they're doing in NXT right now. 
Because and, and then the last example I'll give you, right? So I talked about, um, you know, the debut of, of the two women. Yep. Um, you know that they had a, a video package for earlier in, in the show. That was uh, Ulyssa Leon and um, Valentina Feroz. Ex- exactly. That got me in trouble. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So. Um, and then, but within the within the package, they're talking about going after the women's tag team titles for for NXT. So I'm like, okay, they're gonna put them, they're gonna put them as competition for uh, Toxic Attraction. Mm-hmm. But then you have you have Ulyssa Leon in a singles match against Dakota Kai. Yeah, that was bad. Like like what? And, and I'm supposed to be able to follow this to where it makes sense. So, like, I'm trying, like, throughout this entire show, I'm trying to juggle this. And all of this, all of these new talents, all these new pieces that are making no sense and they're getting, they're getting beaten squash matches. All of this takes place before you drop the big bombshell of Gunther on me. And by the end of the night, people, I'm like, I don't know if I can watch NXT again. Because, you know, I'm, I'm, and I'm messaging Elio back and forth as, as each piece of, um, NXT is unfolding this past Tuesday. You know, because, because Elio recently told me that he wants to bring NXT back into, back into the fold on the show. So I'm trying to be responsible, and like, oh, I'll watch it. Just, you know, just you know, take the review off the stand from time to time. Elio, I'm not sure I can do that, my brother. Because... <laughs> <laughs> that's why. That's why I offered to uh, keep NXT strictly for myself to review. Well, I'm gonna have to. I was trying to be considerate and a good co-host, but I might have to take you up on that because. I'll tell you what, I'm not sure I can run that marathon again next Tuesday. No, oh, that's why I said I'll take an XT. I'll, that, that should be mine. Uh, well, well, then we're making that change official because I, I tried. God bless me, I tried. Now, Ben, I'm going to read. I'm gonna, we're going to end this segment uh, because I found uh, an article on uh, name changes yesterday when I was online. Right. Okay. So, what's in the name? So, WWE has a history of pitching terrible ring names. Stone Cold Steve Austin famously talked about all the names he turned down before he became one of the most recognizable wrestlers in the world. Before he landed on his iconic nickname, the Texas Rattlesnake, he received gems like Ice Dagger, Fang McFrost, and all... (laughs) (laughs) And Autobot Ruthless. What was the last one? Autobot Ruthless. Oh my god. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to describe something for you since we're not on camera as we're doing this. I was about to take a sip of a drink because this was not my segment. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to listen to LAO and... Thank God I had I didn't have liquid in my mouth. Take 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 a drink. There's more. 
Take a drink, because there's more after this. Holy shit. <laughs> now, in, in December, Brian Danielson revealed in an interview on, uh, with TV Insider that WWE pitched him the name Buddy Peacock. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> wow. It is what? terrible. <laughs> Even at the New Day also hilariously ran through a list of 52 names they rejected on an, on an episode of their podcast in 2019. Oh, Lord. Unbelie <laughs> Unbelievable. Shane McFrost, Buddy Peacock. <laughs> Autobot <laughs> Rufus. <laughs> what? Well, here I am thinking Terror Rising was bad. <laughs> 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 but uh, that, that's a review of NXT and now we're going to move on to AEW Dynamite alright so Ben what do you have for high points for Dynamite um well let's see I gotta your hip pause because I gotta pull up that's one thing I forgot to pull up okay ladies and gentlemen we are back um and uh, my first highlight for um, AEW Dynamite has to be um, John Moxley's return promo. I thought he absolutely nailed that. Um, from the second he opened his mouth to the second he left the ring. Um, I loved everything that he had to say, including when he told that goon of a fan who was saying, you know, get this trash out of, out of the ring, um, or get the garbage truck and get this piece of trash out of the ring. You know, when he said go fuck himself for a second, I kind of froze, and that's not because I have an aversion to the word fuck. As, as, you, as you all well know, um, from listening to this podcast, I have, no, <laughs> I have no problem with the word fuck. It's actually one of my favorites. Um, but then I uh, then I remembered that we were on network television, and I didn't want John Moxley to get in trouble. But um, I don't think he will, nor should he, because... Well, well, well they edited it out on replays. Oh, they did? Okay, yeah. well, I have the... I have the first recording, so I didn't get edited. Yeah, no, on. so do I. I have the original recording, yep. Yeah, so, okay. But, um, you know, how stupid is that guy? How stupid do you have to be to tell a guy that just got out of rehab, you know, and, and he wasn't forced to go in there. There was, there was no incident that forced him to go in there. He volunteered to go into rehab because he saw it as a problem. He went to his boss, got it cleared, took care of the issue, who looks like a million bucks. He looks 10 or 15 years younger. Now, did you hear a Bully Ray's comments this past week? Well, let me tell you something. 
Okay, because I'm I'm really glad you you said this, and I and I, I'm not gonna go on a rant, even though I easily very very much could. I'm I'm just gonna tell you this: Bully Ray made himself look like the dumbest fuck I have ever encountered in my life. Because at first, when at first when I'm reading this, I, I'm like, okay, I I must have missed something because at first I was like. Is he tell is, is he is he asking John to apologize for for telling the band to go fuck himself, or maybe he feels like he shouldn't have said fuck on TV or something? Originally, I thought that's what he was talking about, but no. He he thinks that he owes the fans an apology for going into rehab and and xing TV for a while. Like shut up, bully Ray. And like, you know, how stupid do you have to be? And and I, like I said, I am not going on a rant. This is this is legitimately this is Ben Pierce, the person talking to you. How stupid does someone have to be to say to another individual who just got out of rehab, they they need to apologize to the public at large for going into rehab. For doing what was best for your family and your overall health, when, when the people that you're talking about are in the same business as you, so you should understand the the, the stress that it is placed on the body and the mind in professional wrestling. Even though that that point is not related to what I'm talking about, but I mean, Bully Ray made himself look like the biggest dunce cap I've ever seen in my entire life. You're being nice. Uh, well, well, that's because I don't want this to come off as yeah. ranty. But, um, uh, I re- yeah, Mark Henry said uh, he, he disagreed with uh, what Bully Ray said. Well, yes, because to me, that was, to me, there's a difference. Like, if you have a take on professional wrestling that I find stupid... I'm gonna say like okay, that was a dumb take, but like I can I can disagree with you and move on and like you know difference of opinion. Yes, I think it's stupid, but it, this is professional wrestling, so I'm not gonna get my blood pressure up over it. Mm-hmm. But this is what John Moxley did. That was real life, and that was very admirable for someone to do. And you're going and. and and you're going to rail on a guy because he owes somebody an apology for going to rehab? What I mean, what in the hell? Now, Ben, I'm going to tell you, I hate TikTok, but I'm on there. I follow a lot of wrestling content, which is uh, how I learned about that Brandy Rhodes t-shirt and stuff. But even on there, even on, even on their fans are were just like all like, they all over Bully Ray about these comments and, they made. And justifiably so. And I, I'm one of those guys that finds, like, evidenced by the fact that I do this podcast and I've openly admitted to, to everybody that I've watched wrestling for 30 years and I'm only 33. Like, I'm a, I'm a wrestling fan, yes. But the, but the people on Twitter and all that that are wrestling fans that get themselves all in a tither over over 
these so-called controversial statements, most of the time I'm like, okay, these these people need to get a life. But in, in this situation, you know, Bullet Ray is going to have to take some heat on this. And very justifiably so, because, you know, and here's the other thing. This, is, this isn't an isolated incident with Bully Ray. Bully Ray has had laughably bad takes on other things that, that have revolved around real-life issues. You know, he he got on a um, wrestling fan a few weeks a few uh, years ago at an ROH show for uh, heckling his wife and all and all this other stuff, or heckling his then girlfriend Velvet Sky, and he went on this whole thing against this individual. And I'm not saying what the individual said should have been said, but it was just like, are you are you kidding me? Um. So, you know, but with with this one, man, was was Bully Ray out of pocket? I I mean, I had to reread it to make sure what I was reading was accurate because, like I like I said, if you want to have a a bad wrestling take, that's one thing. But to to say that somebody owes an apology for making a life decision that is bettering them and the people around them, you know. And and to have his wife say, but you know that that was a really bad take talking about Renee. That should tell you something. She even blasted him. Because well, because let's be honest, John Moxley doesn't need anybody to defend him because he has nothing to defend. Yeah. He did absolutely nothing wrong. You know the 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 promo was was spot on, and and that was a very real promo. You know, um. And I, um, you know, I have nothing bad to say about John Mosley, but it's just, I was like, wow, you are really going to, if, if that's what Bully Ray took from that promo, Bully Ray is the one with the problem. If that's the overall message that you got from that promo, that John Mosley needs to apologize, and I'm disappointed in John Mosley, what the hell is going on here? You know, the fact that we even have to say Bully Ray's name in relation to this is an insult to John Moxley. Good God. All right, and, uh, okay, that, that's, do you have any other high points? That's my high point, by the way. Um, for, for Dynamite, let me, let me look. Um, let's see here. No, no, certainly, certainly not, not that. Um, and, uh, no, not, not that, not that I'm seeing, to tell you the truth. I think that was, I think that was my only high point. Okay. Um. Okay, it, my, my high points... I gave it to the Adam Colbert Baker Statlander Orange Cassie match and uh, the Brody King Malachi Black versus Bonds match. I love that post of Black entrance. Yeah, I, and I do too. And the only reason why I didn't give it a high point was because it was it was so short. Um, what the but, match? Yes. 
Hold on, let me see something. Oh yeah, it was one forty-eight. What? Come yeah, on. And, and I think, I I think um, you know, in this case, a squash match made sense. Um, but I think AEW is is way too fond of squash matches. Okay. So, and um, I just wasn't really a fan of this one. All right, so you have one uh, high point. Okay, low points. For me, it was CM Punk, Sean Spears. Ben, I can't believe I'm saying this time. 12 seconds. Well, you know, I'm not going to give that a low point because it made sense given the storyline with um, with uh, MJF. Okay. I, um... But having said that, the... The show overall, talking about Dynamite, um, this one felt like this was one you could have missed and been perfectly fine with it. I'm, I'm not, and I'm not saying it was bad, but, uh, you know, it, it just wasn't one of my highlights for, for AEW in general. Okay. So that's all we have for AEW Dynamite? For Dynamite, yes. All right, on to SmackDown now. Ben, what do you have for high points? Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> do you have any high points? <laughs> um, well, I like the... Um, I liked the main event. And yes. The, f- the fact that it, it had... Um, it had real stakes involved in it. Yes. Um, you know, that that's something that that we don't get a lot of in WWE in terms of stakes that make sense and that, that have long-term value. So that's something that I really appreciate. And in case anybody uh, missed SmackDown, I'll go over the, um, the, the stipulation for you. Ben? Yeah. While you're doing that, I'll be right back. Absolutely. So, um, so the Usos and uh, Seth Rollins and um, Kevin Owens had a segment earlier in in the evening, and um, it was uh, determined that their tag team match main event was going to have. Uh, some stipulations that had a pretty large impact on the championship match uh, at the Royal Rumble. And that is that if um, if the Usos won, then Seth Rollins would lose his championship match uh, at the Royal Rumble. And then if Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens won, then the Usos would be banned from ringside um, during the championship match at the Royal Rumble. So right there, you can kind of you can kind of know that they're not going to cancel uh, that match. Um, you know, unless unless we have other um, situations pop up between now and then involving COVID, but I'm not saying that that is the case. Um, so, but storyline wise, you knew that this match was not going to get canceled. So you knew you knew that um, Kevin Owens and um, and uh, 
Seth Rollins were going to win this match. But at the same time, I also like the fact that that Roman Reigns came out and laid out, um, you know, Seth Rollins because storyline-wise, both the stipulations and Roman's actions made sense because at the end of the match, the Usos were getting their ass kicked, and um, and so it made sense for him to come out. Um, but uh, you know, I I have to give credit where credit is due. Um, a lot of the time I rail on WWE for doing things that make absolutely no sense mm-hmm. and storyline decisions that are just like, what in the world are you doing? So by that same token, I will give them credit um, when they do something that that is logical and it makes sense. And I, I really appreciated that uh, stipulation because it made the show itself feel more important uh, in the fact that they were going to have this big main event. Um, You know, and and aside from that, I don't really have any any high points. I would like to give um, I would like to give a Sami Zayn segment a high point, but I just can't because it's so stupid. It, it It was bad. Uh, what they ended up doing. I love the fact that that Sami Zayn is getting more airtime and more that, attention. His promo was good, but that segment was just bad. Yeah, I mean, look, I understand it's Royal Rumble season, and they were using that excuse quite liberally because they bought, you know, uh, Seth Rollins and Big E over from Raw to help fill out mm-hmm. uh, SmackDown. Because let's be honest with you, SmackDown roster as it is right now is not overly impressive uh, outside of uh, Roman Reigns. It's waiting to get rid of the brand split. (laughs) Yes. Well, the brand split is just something that needs to die quite uh, quite frankly. But um, aside aside from what I just mentioned, uh, SmackDown was completely missable. Yeah, for me, uh, that was my high point. My low point was Aaliyah and Natalia and Madcap Moss and Kofi Kingston. Oh my God! Can, can we get rid of this Madcap Moss gimmick, please? I'm just I'm begging you right now. I'm I'm absolutely begging you on on live airwaves. I understand we're gonna post this later, but as as we're sitting here right now, we are having a live conversation between Elio and I. And I am begging you, stop this. <laughs> exactly. It's enough already. Because it, just, it, it makes your program look weak. It makes so much about the wrestlers look weak. I just want you to stop. Alright, so that's what we have for SmackDown. We are now going to move on to Rampage. Yeah. Ben. Oh yeah, that's that's my job. Some sometimes I end up talking so much during your segments, and I apologize, but I just I for, I forget that these technically are not my segments, and then when you pull it over to me, I get momentarily confused. Uh, so okay, <clears throat> so rampage. 
Uh, Rampage started off with um, with John Moxley versus Ethan Page, mm-hmm. and this was John Moxley's return match uh, since said rehab. He's having a a big match uh, tomorrow uh, for the um, uh, or tonight, I should say, for the GCW Championship. But this was. Um, this oh, was his. Oh, it's right. Tonight is uh, John Moxley and Homicide. Exactly. But this was his big uh, televised AEW return. Okay. Uh, match wise, um, and um, and the highlight out of that was after after his match with Ethan Page, which obviously uh, Moxley's gonna win that one every time. Uh. Brian Danielson got in his face, which, which to me, uh, kind of teased um, John Moxley versus Brian Danielson for Re- for Revolution. Mm-hmm. And I swear to God, if that is the case, that will be appointment television on March sixth. I will. My ass will be firmly implanted in my couch. That is a match I definitely want to see. Is uh, John Mosley versus Brian Danielson? Take my money now. Um, and then the other the other high point um, was um, was J- Nick Jackson versus Trent Beretta. That match surprised me. You know, a little bit earlier on in the show, I kind of expressed my displeasure. Um, for the young bucks, but it, in the interest of fairness, I have to say uh, this match was f- fantastic. Um, the the low point for me, um, even though I hate mentioning this guy's name in a low point in the same sentence, was um, Huck and his match with Serpentico. I didn't have a problem with the actual match. Nothing about Huck was is a low point. But the fact that they want him to get into a feud with QT Marshall is a snooze fest. I'm not interested. I don't yeah. care about QT Marshall at all. And and I understand the background before anybody gets on any kind of social media platform and blasts me that Huck was trained by Cody Rhodes in the Nightmare Factory. I get it. I understand it. QT Marshall makes me want to go to sleep quicker than than Nightwell. <laughs> I don't get, I don't care. Um, the, the the most entertaining segment with uh, QT Marshall was when he got a toe slam by Paul White. I shall not call him Big Show. Um, and then the, the low point. Um, for me was uh, Jade Cargill versus Anna J. Um, Jade Cargill just does not um, have it in terms of in-ring ability yet. Mm-hmm. I, I have said this ad nauseum. She has everything you everything else you need to be a star. Um, but I... She's just not there yet. She's kind of she's kind of like where Britt Brit Baker was, about a year year and a half ago. Okay. 
and I said she needs to work. It's kind of the same thing with Jay Cargill. And I, look, I will happily sing the praises of Jay Cargill once she improves because she has everything else that you need. She is tailored. She is tailor-made to be a star in this business once she gets a little experience under her belt. Um, and I am, I am here for, I am here for all of that. Um, but, uh, a pretty average episode of, um, of Rampage, but it definitely had its high points and it's worth a watch. To get you hyped up for what might be coming at Revolution, so I'm yep. excited for that. My, my high points, no points, are the same as yours. My man, uh, you know I love I love the fact that we uh, we think so similarly about professional wrestling. I know it's been a while since we had a um, a pay per view prediction show, but ladies and gentlemen, uh, keep uh, keep that in mind because. We're going to be back on the air uh, this coming Friday night for our um, Royal Rumble review show. It feels like forever since we've had a pay-per-view, or not review show, I mean preview show. Um, It feels like forever since we've had those. Uh, So I am very excited to get back into that, and you will see... Just how similarly uh, Elio and I think about professional wrestling, because more often than not, we have the same opinions as to the outcomes of pay-per-view matches. So I'm excited to get back into that on Friday. All right, and now we're getting when now we're that we have all the weekly shows out of the way. We get into the fun stuff, Ben. I found a list of entered top ten for you. <sighs> Oh God! And you can you can just sense by the excitement in his voice, Elio has been waiting for you, this. No, you 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 might not uh, get too angry with this uh, because I listened to it myself. Okay. So I'm gonna play as you as I always do. I'm gonna play the top ten themes. Then I will give you the order that they appear on this list. All right. Okay. Very good. All right. Are you ready? Absolutely. Two should be so if it's, if it's not what I think it should be, I am gonna get pissed off. At number 10, we have Maven. Okay, well, I agree with that. At number nine, we have Dude Love. Uh, so far, I'm not angry. Number eight, we have The Corporation. Okay, number seven, we have Gangrel. 
So far, so far, I'm okay with this. Number six, we have Eric Bischoff. Okay. And number five. No, no complaints yet. Number so. five, we have Shelton Benjamin. Uh, he might belong a little bit higher, but okay. Number four, we have Matt Hardy. Okay. Number three, we have Baron Corbin. I would have put him in the top two, based off themes. Number two, um, we have, number two, we have Christian. I no, I disagree. Christian should be nowhere near the top two. And at number one, we have Drew McIntyre, Broken Dreams. Okay, so I would have had, I would have had Drew McIntyre. <coughs> And number two, keep in mind this is in terms of themes, not the wrestler, uh, because I, I'm I'm not going to put Baron Corbin in any other top two list other than this one. But number one should have been Baron Corbin. I and I I say that because Tommy Vex is absolutely incredible, and that theme is awesome. Uh, it makes you wonder why uh, Baron Corbin was ever happy in the first place or ever left the Lone Wolf gimmick because that was his best work in the company. All right, and now we are going to get into our favorite segment. Well, one of our two favorite segments, Time Warp. Oh, very good. And now, uh, I, I know you have a good one for me because you were all excited earlier. Well, I, I, actually, yeah, we have three. Because two, I'm just going to read off because there were no uh, sh no uh, actual audio shows clips. for this. And uh, one audio clip, the one show was set in Japan, so. Okay, cool. And that one only has three matches anyways. So here we go. This is from May 23rd, 1991. Super, super sports world in WWF uh, in Japan. In in the first match, we had Kendo Nagasaki and Yoshiaki Atsu defeating Jim Neidhart and Roadblock. Roadblock. <laughs> oh god. In match number two, Naoki Sano defeated Samson Fuyuki. And in the third and final match. Haku and Randy Savage defeated Shinkiro Tenru and George Takano. Okay, well, I'm already happy because, as you know, Elio, every time Haku is on the losing side of something, I get pissed off. Yes. So, so we're uh, we're on to we're on to a good start with the with the favorite segments. And now we are going to November second, nineteen eighty two, for Mid South Live events, and there are a total of six matches on this card. Okay. Master number one, grappler number two, defeated Tim Horner. T Tim Horner. <laughs> number two, we had Brad Armstrong defeating Kelly Kaniski. Okay. Very in the, good. In the third match, it was a Mid-South Mississippi Championship match. Mr. Olympia defeating Terry Gordy. Oh, boo. Okay, well, fabulous Freebird losing. I don't know if I like that. Match number four, the Red Pack. Hacksaw Jim Duggan and Ted DiBiase defeating Buck Robley and Mike Sharp. You know, if you hadn't said who the Red Pack was, I wouldn't have had any clue. I would have I would have thought that uh, maybe some actors got involved with professional wrestling. <laughs> number five, we had Grappler number one versus Mr. Wrestling 2, which ended in a draw. 
Oh, I don't like draws. I think they're overused. And in the main event, we had Kamala defeating the Junkyard Dog. Oh, that is terrible. <laughs> that is that is absolute. I'm sorry. No disrespect to either one of them, but especially Kamala. But there's no way in hell the Junkyard Dog should be losing to, to that guy. All right. So now we are going to move to... Thursday, October 21st, 1982, and the air date for this one was Saturday, October 23rd. So they these were Thursday night tapings. So here we go with the first match. It was... This event is for one fall with a 10-minute time limit. In the red corner, at 275 pounds from the big sky country of Montana, Rick the Hangman Harris. And in the blue corner at 236 pounds from Atlanta, Georgia, Mr. Wrestling 2. Big backdrop. Now that really takes a steam out of somebody like Rick Harris at 280 pounds. Smack completely into the mat. Ooh, he's going to do it again. A slam this time. Well, Rick Harris is getting up. Up oh, that knee. Ah, oh, perfect position for that knee. Beautiful back to belly flex. Oh, fantastic. And look at that neck bridge. Very good. One, two, three. A tremendous victory for the man in white, Mr. Racing 2. Very cool. And the uh, second match on the card. <laughs> Power. He horsed the man up just easy as pie. 
Morgan definitely punishing his man now. Body language shows he's a little bit unconcerned right here. I know, again, they're thinking of that big showdown next week. I had to ask Grizzly Smith how he managed to get a match like this signed, and all he would do is give me a big smile and kind of pat himself on the back. Because everything's at stake. Because the loser of the fall between Ted DiBiase, Hexaw Doug, and Junkyard Dog, and Mr. Olympia, first of all, the belts are at stake. Boom. Great action here. Again, the belts are at stake. Then, no disqualification. The belts are going to change hands. Plus, the loser of the fall has to leave the area for 60 days. Well, if a champion can't defend his belt within 30 days, he has to forfeit it. So if DiBiase lost, he'd also not only leave for 60 days, he'd have to forfeit his North American title. Same for Duggan. Same for Olympia with the, Mr., uh, with the uh, Mississippi title. And of course, the dog has got a lot of prestige plus those tag team titles. And if he has to leave, let's face it, the man's a superstar. The amount of face he would lose would be tremendous. Uh, everybody in the country would be after him trying to get a piece of him while he's still around. So again, a lot at match. I can understand. Grizzly Smith just says he's calling to the showdown, and I don't blame him because there's a lot on the, a lot on the, a lot at stake, and somebody's going to have to show. They show a lot of courage for one thing going into that kind of match, but somebody's going to lose something. Again, back to this match in action. I'm excited about that match next week myself. I'm just glad I'm not in it. But uh, here, Marty Lundy. Very impressive, Bill. Young man. <laughs> Obviously in good shape. I didn't realize this was going to be this long. He and Ted yeah. Allen make an effective team. It's obvious that they've tagged together for some time. They complement each other, but again, we're talking about North American champion, Louisiana champion, top contenders for the tag titles, Mid-South tag titles. They're wrestling against a very effective team. DBIC and Hacksaw Duggan. Now, Ted Allen showing some fire. Of course, coming up in a wrestling family helps. He was watching wrestling matches when he was three years old. Ooh, close line. That hurts. DBIC made me about two inches taller last year with that move. Oh, the spear. Fantastic move. That Duggan, this is a powerhouse team. Powerhouse. Next week is going to be something, boy. Hacksaw, Duggan, and Ted DiBiase priming up for the showdown battle next week for the Mid-South title. Well. All right, that was a bit of a long clip. I didn't know where, if I uh, hit the right pin. Yes, but um, having said that, I thoroughly enjoyed um, that explanation by the um, commentator about um, hyping up the importance of that uh, title versus title match. Um, are, you, are, are you listening, Vince? Are you taking notes? And, and I'm, I'm glad that you uh, posed that question to Vince before I could because, because in all seriousness, I feel like that kind of explanation as well as that stipulation that titles must be defended within 30 days is a lost art in professional wrestling because... Um, if you if you remember, um, like like I do, when when both of us were younger, that was a huge uh, deal and a huge point of emphasis yep. in um, championship matches and feuds. Whereas if you don't defend them within thirty days, you lose them, which adds some prestige 
to the championships themselves, which is a lost art in uh, WWE in particular because, you know, when's the last time, you know, the U.S. or, or Intercontinental Championship was um, defended? And I, I, I put some extra emphasis on Intercontinental uh, Championship on purpose because um, it was recently revealed that Shinsuke Nakamura who, believe it or not, is the reigning uh, Intercontinental Champion at this point. I, and I wouldn't have blamed you if you forgot, because I forgot at, um, at points. Um, he's currently dealing with a, broken, with a hand uh, injury, which is, oh, why wow. we have, which is why we haven't seen him recently. Okay. And um, he is the Intercontinental Champion. Uh, which, um, which you know, championships should never be out of sight, out of, out of mind, and the fact that um, that anybody has justification for forgetting who the Intercontinental Championship holder is um, is absolutely ridiculous. Which is why I think that these thirty-day uh, championship rules should still be uh, in. Um, in practice today because let's be honest with you folks um, if your name is not Roman Reigns or Brock Lesnar right now your championship has never meant less and that is absolutely disgusting so that's why I I have a little bit of extra appreciation for that uh, explanation by the um, by the commentator alright and on to the next match this event is for one fall or remaining television time. In the blue corner at 240 pounds from Charlotte, North Carolina, Bob Stabler. <laughs> I, can't, I, can't, I can't believe this was tomorrow's theme. Yeah, it's too bad. And in the red corner, at six feet eight inches, three hundred and eighty-five pounds, the Ugandan giant Kamala. I can't believe that was his theme. Themes were bad back God. then. Oh. Damn! I and I thought AEW themes were bad. Good lord! Hopefully, we don't run into any <laughs> AEW themes on the uh, on the wrestling roulette segment later on. I'll have to. I, I have to tell you a funny story once that comes up. All right. And he's got this unorthodox move that splash across the man that crushes the thorax, crushes the thorax against a hard surface like that, Matt. He's got. Oh, this is this is punishment now. He's punishing him. That's good. He's punishing that man. Very impressive, boy. Yeah, cut that theme short. We don't need to hear it a second time. Right? right. Good Lord. Next matchup. Now a non-title tag team event for one fall with a 10-minute time limit in the red corner and a total combined weight of 484 pounds. The Grapplers, one and two.
Who took us in the 80s? I know. Oh, really? No wonder. Over the music. Exactly. Holy jeez. Oh, junkyard dog back in the ring there. Olympia, they let him get too close to make the tag. Dog in there. Now they're using teamwork, both in the ring at the same time. Now there's a double counter. Boom. Grappler stopped Olympia. Junkyard dog headbutted. And now it's stumping. Right now we move on to oh, we're in, nearing the end of the show. This event is for one fall with a 10 minute time limit mm-hmm. in the red corner at 300 pounds from Moscow, Russia. General Skandor Akbar proudly presents Vladik Smirnov. And in the blue corner at 218 pounds from Knoxville, Tennessee, Tim Horner. <laughs> there he is. He's a Scott Casey of Mid-South. What's he doing in the main event? I thought he was a jobber. <laughs> Here we go. The, the, I believe this is the second last match. This event is for one fall with a 10 minute time limit. In the red corner at 238 pounds from New York City, Vinny Romeo. <laughs> so 80. And in the blue corner <laughs> at 287 pounds from Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, Iron Mike Sharp. Battle between two. <laughs> I am like Sharpie. I'm not saying that back yet. Benny Romeo went over him and be good on anybody's record book. But again, Mike Sharp being a who. Now again, he showed that was impressive. Yes, one he finished it with one move. He doesn't look like he's lost anything. Alpha Dealey raising the hand now. The victorious Iron Mike Sharp. Action continues. Iron Mike Sharp wins. All right. And now we move on to the main event. And this event is for one fall or remaining television time in the red corner at 270 pounds from Vancouver, British Columbia, Kelly Kaniski. And in the blue corner at 236 pounds from Portland, Oregon, Jesse Barr. And this next one, um... Suplex there. It looked like he dropped Jesse Barr right on his head. He did. One, two, three. He dropped him right on his head. Madeline coming out on top. Jesse Barr had a bad night. And we're going to end this with the promo. 
estimated as Ted DiBiase and Hacksaw Duggan. We gotta I just hope all you people out there watching enjoyed seeing the Junkyard Dog and Mr. Olympia today because it's probably gonna be one of the last times you get to see one of them. Because next week, right here on this TV station, Mid South cannot interfere. One person is going to lose a fall, and whoever that person is is going to have to leave Mid-South for 60 days. There's no disqualification. There's no rules. There's no way that Mid-South can steal the titles from us again. You've got the North American champion. You've got the Louisiana state champion. And you're going to soon have the, the, the Mid-South tag team hey, champions. It's about time. Mid-South did something that was okay with Ted DiBiase and myself. They've been protecting people. Now we got the kind of match we want. It's no DQ, and that's the kind of match that we thrive on. That's the kind of match that we love. And the loser is going to have to leave town for 60 long days. You know, we're making a lot more money now that we have all the titles, so we can go ahead and we'll buy a set of luggage for... Whoever it happens to be, Junkyard Dog can get a 60-day vacation to go see his family, or Mr. Olympia can go to wherever he's from, but one of them, I guarantee you, one of them is going to lose next week, and you're going to have new Mid-South Tag Team Champions, and you're going to be minus one Junkyard Dog or Mr. Olympia. That's a showdown battle next week right here on television. Mid-South Tag Team title on the line, Junkyard Dog and Mr. Olympia against Hacksaw Duggan and Ted DiBiase. The loser of the fall must leave Mid-South area for 60 days. No disqualification. Until then, Boyd Pierce saying goodbye, everybody, and thanks so much for watching on Mid-South Wrestling Television Network. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was awesome. All right, and now that to, now we are done with the time warp, Ben, back to the present for Wrestling Roulette. Oh, God. <laughs> Yeah, I, I seriously have to redeem myself. Let me just get this all set up. Give me a minute here to press play. Okay, Ben, are you ready? Yes, sir. 21 tracks. Here's track number one. I've heard the song before, but never as a theme. Um, let's see here. Um, I'm trying. I'm trying to think of like who had a gimmick to to fit that because it sounds awfully funky. Um, I'm not sure. Believe it or not, that is one of Drew McIntyre's early themes. I don't think he ever used it on television, though. Wow. Um, should we, I mean, um, we can if you want, but should we even count that? Because I don't think, I don't think I've ever heard that. Yeah, we're going to count, a, th we're going to count that because we're going to make an announcement on Friday. Okay. Uh, about a future episode. Okay, cool. So, 0-1, here we go. The Great Collie. The Great Collie. Here we go. Number three. 
The aforementioned Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn. I don't know what you think. Is it his new version or his old theme? I prefer the old one. Here we go. Track four. We all wanna go big, then say that. Ho! Yeah, boy, we doing big things. I really, I really don't like, I like the very beginning, but I don't like the middle part of that. It's weird, but it's a biggie. Biggie, you get a lot of softballs here. <laughs> here we go. Kind of sounded like Steve Blackman. Say your answer, or did you just say Yeah, that? yeah. No, this is the Radicals. No, well, well, okay, well, I, I can see that, but it really did sound like Steve Blackman. All right, here we go. Well, let's see. It's either Evan Bourne or The Shield. Um, I'm going to say... A little long, but I'm going to say Evan Bourne. No. Who was it? It is Sanity. Oh. Oh. Okay, yeah. I, okay, well, I'm doing better in terms of recognition because that, that doesn't... Oh, you're good. Okay. You're, you're three and three. So track number seven. Are you ready? Yeah. The fuck? <laughs> um. Jesus Christ. Um. Let's see. Uh. Well, let's see. So, it could be Coco Beware, although I don't think so. Uh, this is one of the worst characters of 1990. Oh, okay, so it's way back in time. I wouldn't recognize. Okay. Um, I'm going to have to say maybe... Uh, well, no, because he, he wouldn't have debuted yet, so I'm not sure. It is Saba Simba. I'm so sorry, Tony Atlas. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I wouldn't have got that. You know what? Track number eight. Here we go. Cesaro? No. Um, was it Jack Swagger? Nope. Oh, shit. Seamus. Oh, fuck me, Sensless. Um, <laughs> okay, yeah, that was my fault, but yeah. Track okay. number nine.
I couldn't really hear that one. Okay. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I no that idea. is that it that is the Stronghearts AEW theme. Who are the Stronghearts? Uh, they're uh, they're a team uh, made up of NJPW guys. I, so you what? are six and three. No, three and six. Okay. So they are doing. They they haven't been they haven't been used for a very long time. I'm assuming. Nope. All right, here we go. Track number nine. Uh-huh. Yeah, let's go ahead and tag another L. I what what in the hell is that? Is, that is NWO Japan. Oh, that sucks. All so, right, so three and. Three and seven, so you know what? Oh yeah, sorry, that's that's already ten. This is track eleven coming up. Here we go. Oh god. Either the Honky Tonk Man or fucking Jimmy Hart or some shit. Um, Holy shit! What? Okay, yeah, you're, you're, you you got that. You got it right on the second one, Jimmy Hart. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> wow, uh, that was just a guess. No, no, no. It was. I knew it was one of the one of the two. So you have four and six, but that's the WCW theme. Well. Yeah, but that's one of the ones I would recognize. So, track 12, here we go. Oh, God. Um, D-Lo? I don't know. That is K-Quick. Oh fuck! Don't you ruin don't you ruin enough TV segments, Archers? Seriously, with your twenty four seven bullshit. So you are four and eight. Okay. Track thirteen coming up. Not a damn clue. That is private party. Yeah, AEW themes suck. <laughs> so you're four and nine. Oh my Ben, come on. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> when the, they debuted that Emma Lena character uh, for like a second. 
well. You are four and ten. Bad. Ah, uh, uh, okay. Here we go. Track fifteen. <laughs> Buff Bagwell. <laughs> Buff Bagwell. <laughs> five, five and ten. Track sixteen. Here we go. Clue. That is Michael Nakazawa. Uh, five and eleven. Seventeen, here we go. Kinda sounds like many more from Power Rangers a little bit. Um yeah, I don't know. That is Drake Maverick. What? Drake Maverick. In what world is that Drake Maverick? That's Good Drake Maverick. God. That's what I have in front of me right now. Oh, so, okay, 5 and 12, track 18 coming up. Or it's a Right, six and uh, thirteen. No, yeah, six and thirteen. Okay, track twenty coming up. Is that Arthur's a pain? No. Really, it sounded like it. Okay, who was it? That is QT Marshall. Oh, fuck you, QT Marshall. <laughs> Six and 14, here we go. This is the last one, Ben. All right. Hey, Dawn, where did you find these motherfucking things? I don't have a clue. That is Austin Theory. The fuck? Jesus. Okay, I suck at this game now. Oh, man. I, I used to be the man of this shit. And, you know, to, to further my point, you know, I, I, uh, there, there are some, some YouTube uh, creators that I like that, that do this um, kind of thing, too. You know, guess the, the theme. And every single one I've played, I've never gotten more than three wrong. Wow. I mean, what in the fuck? <laughs> All right. Well, hopefully a Friday night show will bring better uh, better luck here. So, uh, that, yeah, that was 21, I believe, right? Yeah. All right. Oh, so bad way to just... Oh, wait. Sorry, before we uh, close out the show, I have, because... Apparently, the Wrestling TV app has um, returned with the, the free films and shows, so I we may be able to do more audio clip shows. Oh, cool. So, here's what I have for new ones. 
that, well, the best of Dr. Death, we're going to do the actual shows like we did with Mid-South, but there's a series of Bill Apter uh, episodes. Oh, yeah, I, w- I definitely want to start doing that for sure. And then I can't believe there, this, is a, this is a thing, but The Loved One is an actual feature-length movie on here. What? And what is and that? And The Loved One, you'll remember, remember, um, during the Attitude Era, they showed the home footage of uh, Mick Foley jumping off the roof of his house. Yeah. That's an actual feature-length film that is on here. Oh, Lord. Yeah, I can't believe it. The dude love character. Well, that, that'll, that'll be uh, interesting. So there's, uh, there's a little Bill After ones, and uh, the recently added, they have Cactus Jack and uh, Terry Fung's barbed wire match from 1995. The two full matches. As well as um, now there's this, um, there's this promotion called World of Sports from, from the UK. Yeah. So they have a series of, uh, those shows as well. And coming soon, there's Kings of the Deathmatch, more Bill Actors, uh, a, a film, uh, a video highlighting Steve Austin. And we have a couple of ones I'm definitely gonna definitely gonna do. Um, uh, there's two UWF ones, one from May 20th and one from July 29th of '83, and a World Class Championship Wrestling card from January 7th of '79. Oh, cool! So those are all the ones that are available in the coming soon to the app. So. I'm going to keep looking out for that in the coming weeks. Oh, cool. All right. So, that way, we bring the show to a close. Absolutely. All right, fans. That's it. Another episode of the PC Progression Wrestling Podcast. I'm Elio. He's Ben. Next week, we have a busy week where we'll be back Friday night with our predictions show for the Royal Rumble. And we'll be back the following Tuesday. Yes, we will. The following Tuesday, and then we will have an announcement about something that's going to take place on February the 5th, which is the following Saturday after the Rumble. Very good. So stay tuned for that. Uh, ben, say goodnight to the fans. Well, once again, I had intended to make this a short show. I thought I could get through it, you know. But I just, sometimes my rants just go too long, and I apologize. But thanks for sticking with us. If you're still listening, you're absolutely awesome. And we'll see you on uh, Friday for our Royal Rumble prediction show. And uh, again on Tuesday, like Elio said, for the reaction show. So we'll see you later. Colossal, we come these renegades in a